It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's the holiday season, and what better gift for yourself, for your significant other, than a new car? Well, the only place to go this time of year to get that done is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans. They'll probably want to talk some Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football, upcoming Ole Miss basketball, some baseball. But more importantly, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Celebrate the holiday in style. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line. It's David Morris, the founder of Quarterback Country, 
2002 graduate of Ole Miss. Man, it's been a while, David. Golly. <laughs> I know, man. I am, uh, I'm getting up there. I'm getting up there. I'm feeling old. Four-year letterman at Ole Miss, former quarterback. You're now with quarterback country. How did you get into this? Like, what, what led you to quarterback country? Yeah, so um, I got out of school. I was, a, um, I was actually a real estate finance major at Ole Miss and um, got, got out and got into real estate brokerage and, and really liked it. It was a good time. You know, 2003 to 2007 was some good years. Um, and so, um, you know, like, like the business world, I guess what ended up happening is every year I got away from football. I missed football a little more. And, um, and it was one of those things where I started just training guys here and there on the side, you know, dads would call me and say, Hey, you know, uh, would you mind working with my kid? I know you, I know you play in the SEC, you know, Hey, we'd love to you know, give you a gift certificate to train my son or, you know, I'm like, heck yeah, man, anything to get me back on the field, you know, let's do it. And so that's kind of how it started. Uh, every year kind of picked up more guys and got busier. And then I started thinking, you know, heck, this is a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things that I saw started to take place was kids from all over, you know, public school, private school, um, you know, different states all across the southeast, you know, coming together, training together, um, and and therefore, you know, creating relationships and, and community. And kind of, we kind of really started to see, wow, this is this is a really neat way to uh, use the experience I had and the passion I have for the sport and the position um, and, and to bring people together and get better. Right. And so over a period of time, we kind of created a model, um, didn't know what we were doing. There was no blueprint for quarterback training business. And um, it's changed a lot over the years, but uh, here we are. I, I went full time in 2009 and um, so I'm going on year 11 uh, full-time in the quarterback business. So initially, uh, it was just David Morris, you know, quarterback training. And I was like, you know, I don't really like that. Who, <laughs> who is that guy anyway? So we, uh, so came up with QB country and, um, and I, I knew right when I kind of, uh, when I rattled it off my tongue, I knew QB country quarterback country was, uh, was what we were going to call this thing. So when you get a kid and, and every kid has aspirations of playing at the next level, not all of them are going to get that opportunity. So, you, of course, you get the John Rice Plumleys, and that's who we talk about. But you're getting other kids, too, that just want to get better, that are a starter for their high school yeah. team or whatever it is. So, for you, Absolutely. is there a baseline of just how you coach these kids? Does every kid get treated the same? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. So, I kind of know both sides of the spectrum. In high school, I was a I broke all the records in my high school. I was a three-year starter, led the state of Alabama in passing. You know, got recruited, um, you know, ended up having to walk on because I'm, you know, undersized, right? I mean, I'm a six, I was a six-foot, 185-pound kid. Um, uh, but I know what it's like to kind of be the guy. Um, same token, I come to Ole Miss, you know, um, walk on, you know, play a lot as a true freshman behind a really good quarterback, Romero Miller. He gets hurt, you know, kind of start and, uh, and baptize in the SEC. And then, you know, I'm thinking, heck, man, I, I'm a – who knows how this thing's going to shake out. Next thing you know – you know, <laughs> Romero Miller's pretty darn good. Um, and, and then so is the guy that came in the year after me, Eli Manning. And so uh, the, my, my, my story, uh, my football story um, is that, you know, in colleges, I'm a career second stringer. And that's, that's really what I was. And 
um, knowing that and going through that and being on that side of the token, um, but also, you know, kind of earning a, earning a scholarship. So I've, 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 I've been on uh, uh, kind of both sides of this thing. And so when we're coaching kids, um, man, we train tons of second and third stringers and I love it. Um, cause those guys are, they, you know, they want to get better and they, they, um, they're not far off and same token, you know, we train a lot of five stars and guys, you know, in the lead 11 right now. And, um, and, and guys that started as rookies this year. And so same token, you know, those guys need to be around, um, normal environments with, with kids that are, that may be better than them or maybe worse than them. And then, um, there's, there's, there's this give and take of information of effort, of uh, respect and, and discipline. And so it's just, um, it's, I think, to be honest with you, Ben, it's one of the coolest things about what we do is the ability to train the NFL starter and then train that middle school backup, um, maybe in the same day and, um, and be able to look all those kids in the eyes and hold them accountable and challenge them and, um, and, and, and try to get them better. And, and, you know, same token, um, you know, um, what I always find is that, is that, uh, it makes me most proud just to see these guys becoming buddies and, and, you know, you know, you're kind of seeing these kids from all different paths and backgrounds come together and um, learn they got a lot in common. So there's just a lot going on, and it, it's um, it's really a neat, neat environment. Was there a kid that stepped onto your, I don't want to say campus, but onto the field to get coached by you? Mm-hmm. You didn't know yep. him, but then when you started to see him throw, you went, oh, shit, yeah, this kid's got it. <laughs> there's been a lot of guys like that. Um Geez, the one, let's say one that would just stand out. You know, the one that stands out probably the most, well, there's two. Uh, one would be Jacob Coker, uh, you know, won a national championship at Alabama. Um, I, I didn't really know much about him. I knew he was a big kid, started a little bit as a sophomore. I got him going into his junior year. And, uh, man, I got out there with him, and holy smokes. I was like, okay, I didn't know he was this big, you know, 6'5", <laughs> 210 pounds, and, um, I've been around a lot of good quarterbacks at that time. And, and I just remember thinking, Holy cow, this guy's really good. He goes to the signs of Florida state and, uh, ends up getting barely beat out by Jameis Winston. And, um, the rest is history. You know, he ends up transferring to Alabama and wins the national championship. Uh, I think if, I think if Jacob Coker had one more year, he, he's a first round draft pick. I really believe that. I really believe that. Um, just the timing was, um, not on his side necessarily, but super couldn't be more proud of the way he finished. Uh, the, the second one would be Thomas Sirk, who uh, came to us from Glen St. Mary, Florida, which is a little bit east of, uh, well, I guess it's around the Jacksonville area. And, um, and he ends up, uh, he, had, he, he had never started a game at quarterback. Uh, he was a receiver. He came down, we trained, we threw a little bit. I said, Hey, you got to come back next week. We're going to shoot a throws video. I'm going to send it to David Cutcliffe. And even though you hadn't started a game, I, I think he's going to like what he sees. Anyway, bottom line, he goes, Coach Cut freaks out. I'm like, you know, Coach Cut's at Duke, right? Um, and he goes, David, get him up here to camp. Like, I, I, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? I said, Coach, you, you, Coach Cut offers him. Um, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you just kind of the physical stature and the physical ability of these two guys just stood out and, and was really different. Thomas Sirk, the fascinating story there is he was the quarterback before Daniel Jones. Um, Thomas gets hurt with an Achilles injury and Daniel Jones comes in and ends up um, kind of taking over the reins there. And uh, 
you know, and, and so, um, you know, Daniel comes a sixth round pick. I think Thomas Turk stays healthy. He's a, he's a drafted quarterback as well. Just anyway, fascinating story. Would you say cut's your greatest influence? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was, I was, I was lucky to be coached by so many good coaches. Um, so, um, you know, you know, my first year, Noel Mazzoni just learned so much, um, from Noel, uh, good buddy. You know, so we, we stayed in, in contact. We have a great relationship, um, continues to support me and be there for me. The following year, you know, here comes uh, David Cutcliffe. And then also, um, you know, obviously Kurt Roper, the young quarterback coach who came in with him. I think he was the youngest assistant in the SEC. Um, uh, the youngest assistant in the SEC um, at the time. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, I learned so much from Coach Cut. Uh, what I think I learned, Coach Cut just was all about um, mechanics and drills and things that ultimately um, I hadn't done a whole lot of to that point but there's a lot of rhyme and reason behind them and just you know from the, the way you drop and you, you open your shoulder so you can see the whole field you know what what pocket movement was supposed to what the purpose of pocket movement was um you know and then and then just rhyme and reason uh in, in offense uh progression wise i was just i remember being floored by that first meeting with coach cut and um and, and i just you know, he's coming off coaching Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning, to the eyes of David Morris at the time, was the best quarterback I'd ever seen in my life. And just the ability to be coached by a guy that coached him, you know, was, was really neat. But we stayed in, in great uh, contact. And, um, in fact, he just signed a QB country kid, or excuse me, committed a 2021 QB country kid, Riley Leonard from Fairhope, Alabama. So um, that relationship is, is, uh, is, is one that uh, means a lot to me. What is training like? What do y'all do? We do we do a little bit of everything. You know, we we want to introduce the foundations and, and the 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 uh, essentially the mecha- the early mechanics of playing this position. You know, with your feet, um, with your with, with the upper half, obviously the throw motion, and then just tying in um, the sequence and the patterning of the two married together, uh, and then married together and, and tied in with um, you know to, to progression or to play concept and just getting guys familiar with the, the timing of playing quarterback. Um, the interesting thing about that is the timing of playing quarterback isn't always on time. You know I mean? Uh, every play has a, the goal of every play is, is to, to find a completion. If it's a pass concept, right. And um, if not, you go to the, the next completion. And um, so, and then certain times, you know, the pocket collapses and then, and this ideal situation became really contested. And so the ability to train in an environment that is ideal, even walk through and, uh, you know, uh, uh, foundational, and then, you know, kind of graduate to, um, to a tempo based training and then, you know, into a contested or worst case scenario environment. And so that's kind of how we build our program. We want to really install and implement incredible foundations and understanding of those. Uh, we want to create drills that that enhance and um, uh, encourage sound mechanics. We don't want people to think about mechanics. We want to we want to bring mechanics out of a quarterback. Meaning, I'm gonna put you in a drill situation that's going to correct or encourage sound mechanics. You know, sound foot strike, sound um, transfer of energy from back leg to front leg, 
And so I, sorry for the long answer, but it's a, it's a kind of a, there's a lot to it. No, that's fascinating to me, especially when you get so many different guys and everybody seemingly has a different arm angle, the way they release the ball. And there's no universal way I would assume to coach every quarterback considering that their launch point and how they throw and where their arm goes. And if it dips, if it doesn't and how you adapt to that, I would assume that can be a challenge at many times, but that's kind of what you're dealing with here. But the basics, the feet and the awareness and to be able to read the defense in front of you, those things are consistent. Yeah. And and even arm angle should be uh, consistent depending on the guy, right? So if you're a, if you're a three quarter guy, well, let's be consistent with that, but let's also, um, dabble in the vertical aspect or, you know, kind of a guy that's a little bit more of a vertical thrower. Um, so let's, let's train in an environment that is not all three quarter, um, could even make it more lateral. You can make it more vertical, vertical. And what you're doing then is you're in, being intentional about, um, you know, release point or, or even, um, release speed. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that is different between, you know, one kid to the next, but there's also a lot that should be similar. And, um, and, and you know, and that's, it's, it's one of the fascinating things about it. It, it. The older I've gotten in this business, um, the less I teach about, uh, about the kind of the biomechanics of what we're supposed to be doing, because I feel like it's overload, it overloads the human brain. Um, I do believe that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hear it. You gotta be able to see it. You got to be able to feel it and then you got to be able to do it. You know what I mean? Like you, all those points of emphasis are important. So if you just coach a kid and he's always hearing it, always hearing it, always hearing it, and he's not really seeing it, then you, there's going to be, it's going to be hard, <laughs> you know, same token. Um, if you're coaching a kid and he sees it and he hears it, but he doesn't necessarily feel it, meaning like let's get in front of a mirror and look at our stroke or our, our, our feet, our transition, you know, whatever then all of a sudden you, you potentially are leaving something out there because we all learn differently. You bring up a really good question. You talk about seeing and feeling. Are there traits as a quarterback that you either have or you don't? Can really everything be learned? Yeah, I do think some people are um, you know, obviously better with certain things, right? I always, We always think that this isn't the case consistently, but usually real big arm guys, um, initial initial stages kind of struggle with accuracy a lot of time the big the, the accuracy guys that are just really accurate a lot of time don't have big arms and so what you do is you train the opposite so if a guy has a big arm hey i want to see you throw with great touch on these these you know this handful of throws here um you know if a guy has uh you know is a real accurate kind of anticipation rhythmic thrower hey, I want to challenge your arm. I want to see if we can throw this ball harder. Over a period of time, arms get stronger. Um, relationship of, you know, release, receivers are more learned. Um, touch is something that is intentional. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you got a golf bag of, with how many clubs is in that golf bag? <laughs> 12 or 13, you know? And so, you know, we got to be able to hit every iron. Um, same token, you know, that, you know touch or, or fastball is kind of the similar um, similar. You know, I want to throw this ball fast. I want to throw this ball soft, but with a quick release. I want to, you know what I mean? And so there is art to this thing and there's, um, there's very intentional training to this thing. And, uh, but, but some kids have a lot of poise and some kids don't, some kids, um, are very, very confident and some kids aren't, you know, and those things are just as big. And so the intangibles can be 
learned, but usually they're kind of implemented long ago. Um, and, you know, the confidence thing is just such a big thing. And, uh, the, the power of the power of thought, you know, um, knowing your strengths and, and, and doubling down on them and, and just knowing that that's how, that's where you're going to hang your hat. That's how you're going to be successful. And that's your differentiator, right. As, as a, as a quarterback, as an athlete, as a, as a football player, and just knowing that, you know, this is how I'm going to beat you. This is how I'm going to win the job. The power of our thoughts, you know, you are what you think, the ability to create future memories, all these things are just fascinating and trying to grow the intangible side and attributes of, uh, of the position. Going to take a second in this edition of Talk of Champions in this interview with David Morris, former Ole Miss quarterback, founder of Quarterback Country, to tell you briefly about Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. So if a guy's got the tools, if they're raw, if they're polished, doesn't matter. But he wants to get to the next level. He wants to be a Division One quarterback. What does a successful quarterback then have to have? If you want to be that guy, what do you got to have by the time you're done learning under you and going to college? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's aesthetics and surface stuff that you got to have. I mean, you got to be able to um, you got to be able to throw it, you know, make all the throws, right? And I'm not saying that's all aesthetic. I mean, that's talent, right? But there's just so much intangibles. I think, if, did you win your team? Um, did you, you know, did you win the locker room? Did you, did, do your coaches trust you? Uh, you know, all those things are pretty important. But I mean, I would say that um, if you're trying to get a guy to the next level, I think that one of the more important lessons is, you know, if, if he's talented enough, is just knowing that that's not, that's not the top of the mountain, you know, getting there. So many, so many people are just, all they think about is the scholarship, the scholarship, and, you know, I signed and all that. It's more just like, hey, man, that's just, um, essentially a scholarship is an opportunity to compete with, with five other guys that are really good, you know, and, um, and, and the ability to, to, to know that I gotta, I gotta keep working and get better. Um, I, I think that the, the ability for a kid to be a great communicator, to be able to have confidence when, when you get to college, it's very intimidating and, um, your confidence is tested and, um, you know, cause you're in this unfamiliar role now where you're not the guy. And so I just think that that deep down confidence, the perseverance of it all, um, and then the ability to just weather the, the, the roller coaster of emotions is, is, um, it's just, there's a lot there, right? <laughs> we co we covered a couple items, but there's a lot. I've gotten this far without bringing up something. Look, you're the four year travel roommate of Eli Manning. You trained Eli in the off season. You and Eli are buddies. He's getting his number retired, man. What do you think? <laughs> God couldn't be more deserving and just deserves it. You know, uh, in fact, when I heard about it, I called 
I, I text E and just said, hey, congrats. Second guy I text is John Rice. Like, hey, man, they're going to let you wear that? And uh, he goes, yeah, I think I get to wear it the rest of my career or something. And I uh, hope, well, I don't know if that's true, but that's what he told me, okay? So don't quote me on that. Um, I just think what Eli did at Ole Miss, when he could have gone anywhere in the country, um, you know, he, he made everybody around him better. He he was He's a worker. Uh, he's a competitor. He, he's, he's got incredible balance. He loves football. He had a lot of fun playing it and he had a lot of fun in college and it's the way it should be. You know, you should, you should, this is a game. And, um, I, one of the first things I'd recognize about him is just how much, uh, he enjoyed, you know, being a football player and how much he enjoyed competing. And then, you know, and just how much he enjoyed college. I, I just think it's, it's, uh, we made it a little, probably too serious, uh, from time to time, we forget that man. These are just college kids that that uh, that are really good at football. I, I think think Eli, you know, just just has incredible balance, and um, I couldn't be more more proud of him. I know how deserving he is. I know how hard he worked. I know how much it meant to him, um, and I know how much this means to him too. I mean, it's uh, it's a big deal to him, and then uh, I, I, you know, he's he's just a first class guy. Uh, couldn't be more humble, and just couldn't be uh, more deserving. But yeah, I mean, I. I that's a, that's a neat deal. It's the first time I truly felt old in sports because I remember <laughs> back at Meet the Rebels because, look, my life now is different than then. Back then, it was my dad carrying me to every Ole Miss game, every Ole Miss event. Now I cover Ole Miss. It's a little bit of a different perspective. But back then, Meet the Rebels was on the field. And this was when Eli had just gotten here. It's his very first one. And my dad said, guys, whatever you do, after you talk to Ross, Ross Barkley, New Albanian, your buddy Ross, we all know (laughs) Ross. After you talk to Ross, that's the guy you got to go to. And to carry that pressure and to not only succeed but flourish and then go on to the New York Giants and the biggest media market and flourish, I just think there's not enough praise of Eli. And the whole conversation about the Hall of Fame, I think, is complete nonsense. He's a Hall of Famer, and whether or not he gets in, I don't care. Because while we shouldn't necessarily at Ole Miss retire jerseys, if anybody does deserve it outside of Archie and obviously Chucky Mullins, Eli's the guy. Heck, I can't believe it took this long, but I guess that's the way these things work, right? And once they retire, when it's officially now, now we can retire your jersey. But uh, yeah, he's he, he was a program changer. There's no doubt about it. All right, last thing before I let you go: Have schools approached you about becoming a quarterbacks coach? Would you be interested? I, I, people reach out certain, you know, different times, but I'm really not interested. I just, I love what we're doing. Um, I believe in it. I, uh, I mean, I love football. I love the position. And, and this little, this little niche that we're in is, is good, is right for, for us, for me. I, I love back to our, one of our initial kind of my initial thought is I just love the ability to bring people together from all over. Um, that otherwise would never know each other and, and they become best friends, you know, and um, building, building real relationship and then building responsibility and accountability, kind of, you know, and building bridges and, um, and being a part of that and being able to see it firsthand. It's, it's uh, there's, there is, I really believe, you know, you, you know, people are going to say, what a goo, but I mean, I believe this is my vocation, you know, my, my little way to kind of contribute and, and, um, and I use my experiences and, and hopefully make the world a better place. And so, honestly, I wouldn't do it, man. I, 
I love I love what we're doing here, and I feel fortunate and blessed and honored to be able to do it. And so I just I don't know. I feel like in this season of my life, I wouldn't wouldn't consider it. I don't think. David, if Ole Miss came calling, I'm just saying. <laughs> man, I mean, Oxford is a great place, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I I don't know. I wouldn't do it, man. I wouldn't do it. I, okay. I, I just yeah. I mean, wouldn't do it. I don't think I'd do it. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be flattered, but um, I don't think I'd do it. He's David Morris, former Ole Miss quarterback, founder of Quarterback Country. I've been wanting to have you on for a while, man, and it was fun talking to you, getting into <laughs> the in-depth stuff with quarterbacks, dude. Thanks so much for coming on, man. We'll do it again. Hey, Ben, appreciate you, buddy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.